Welcome back to the show where you'll swear I'm nuts because all I'm going to talk about is almonds, or in this case, watering those almonds, because this is episode two of my conversation with general manager at Heart Farms, Darren Titus. If you missed episode one, be sure to go take a listen. But if you recall, we left episode one after touching on the Almond Board's 20% water use reduction targets by 2025. So we'll pick up the conversation there. You know, the, the reality here is, you know, we're gaining efficiencies, not just from the irrigation technology, right? But the, the measurement and the validation. And I suppose that the, all the things that, you know, you mentioned on how we're making sure, again, that phrase of delivering the, the right amount of water at the right time in the right volume, right, is those those tools that we're using to help us understand and validate that, that's, they're available to everyone, right? And verifying, I think that's the big thing is the verification, right? Like what we're hoping to achieve is actually happening. Yeah. That, there's, that there is something that occurred during that. Well, and like you already said, right? We've already touched on this, right? Water Watering costs money, right? So if you're flood irrigating, right? You're not just flood irrigating to flood the damn place, right? You're, you're, you're putting the water on there to water your trees. And again, as water becomes more expensive, the surface waters, right? I mean, 2,500 an acre, someone's not putting 2,500 an acre just to like, up oh, hit water. No one, we're not doing that. Right. I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And, and I, I appreciate you kind of correcting my, my thinking on that, which, you know, again, the second I said it, I was like, you know, that, that doesn't sound right. So I'm glad, I'm glad we worked through that. That makes a lot more sense to me. As time goes on, there's going to continue, and I mean, it is a, we will continue to get more efficient. I think that there's always room for improvement as far as the the physical aspect of irrigating. It means so many things, but how we're measuring the effect of the effect that has on our trees, that's that next big, that's going to be the next component of that, where we have a, we have that scale that says, okay. We put, we did this and now we're, and then this is what happened. And this is what, you know, what, what, what that measure is. And what I'm trying to say with that. Well, it's a learning it's an education, right? I mean, I think a lot of people forget that, you know, we don't know everything about everything and there's still components of, you know, learning the different variables. There are so many different variables. We've touched on a lot of them, right? And each field is going to be different. And as you build that understanding, as you said, you know, how the trees right that allows us to continue to to build those efficiencies and perhaps that's where that extra and the advances in technology just i mean it's a, it's a huge driver i mean it just it keeps and it comes from other industries and we find ways to incorporate that into what we do here on the farm and i mean it's 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 amazing it's fantastic the variable frequency drive the bfds uh on the on the electric motors i mean that that all came from the municipal water um, districts for that delivered water to the to the cities to make sure that you know when you live in town you open that fa- you you turn your faucet on and there's you know there's water that comes out that tap at a consistent pressure and delivery and, and we're we're being able to do that in the fields by you know back in the day when you had um, when you ran your if you had an electric motor on a pump it was either oh, you had two options all on or all and now it's I get an infinite amount of adjustments for both pressure and RPM. That allows that those systems to really, 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 really be efficient. Along with that line too, even out in the orchards, we've got we've got all of our uh, pressure regulating and sustaining valves that um, that uh, 
move that only allow uh, a determined preset pressure and volume to pass through them to where when we're dealing with undulating ground with elevations and different head pressures and so on and so forth, we dial that in and we're able to really uh, zero the efficiencies in those in those blocks and those orchards by having so many different variables and it's just been it's it's just been such a huge that's how we get the uniformity with how we're with with us in our fields you see you drive by the outside tree looks uh as healthy as the third one in and the third one looks as healthy as the you know the the 40th or 50th tree down those tree rows and they uh, and it's just the consistency everything just trying to get the consistency throughout the block yeah so you know another thing that i wanted to, to touch on going back to kind of drip and micro irrigation sprinklers again because i'm familiar with them in my garden like every year i seem like i have to rebuild my system or i come out and you know some rodent has pulled something out or i don't know maybe maybe my maybe my daughter you know it i guess the point is like i feel like i'm i'm working on that thing on a really constant basis so is that similar here on the farm like how's the maintenance issues with with those types of of systems it's substantial i mean it's you know on a on a year-to-year basis it all depends uh, in a lot of ways with the with the um primarily with rodents and then secondarily is also with the um you know with the bicarbonate and um, uh, load essentially how hard the water is as it builds up on the uh, on the in the sprinklers or in the uh within the drip emitters and so we have to you know we have to stay on top of it our plight with rodent control with trying to keep squirrels at bay um they come in both squirrels and the rabbits and they chew on spaghetti lines and and on the on the poly distribution lines that anything that's above ground and and they're they're working on that to try to get themselves a drink of water we do provide water which sounds silly silly enough to um on the headlands of the fields where we've where we have um cut plastic uh, basins and and put them under the sprinklers this way to try to deter them from chewing through the lines to access the water and to just have it open, just have it freely uh, uh, be there. So when we do irrigate it, you know, it replenishes that water supply. And that seemed to, that helps to a certain extent, but I mean, it's, 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 it's just is what it is. Well, I'm sure it's just better for wildlife in general. I mean, yeah, absolutely. And it's a feel good thing, but it, it, it does help. I think our biggest challenge with respect to, you know, outside of that is definitely the, uh, the buildup of minerals from the, uh, from when we're, when we're irrigating over time. And that's something that's very important because you've got to, you have to make sure you stay on top of those because every sprinkler, every sprinkler is rated at a certain gallon per hour at any given pressure. And so as there's just like the faucet in your house, the more and more you run it, if you don't have a water softener, it you get that lime scale, it starts to build up on it and it starts to reduce the flow, reduce the flow, reduce the flow to the point where, you know, pretty soon nothing's coming out. And then you tear your faucet apart and you have to, you know, clean things up and uh, and and get it, uh, you know, get things back to a, a good working order. And that's something that could be very monumental if you let that get to, I mean, you can imagine if it, as much of a pain as it is with three or four sinks in your house, let alone having, you know, one sprinkler at at uh, uh, every tree, if there's 128 to 150 trees to the acre, it uh, becomes a, you know, a very monumental task. So there's that saying that a, 
ounce of prevention is worth a pound of cure, and that's the big that's the big one with us uh, with 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 trying to stay on top of the uh, um, the buildup on that. So you know we put we run our uh, general maintenance line cleaners through. There's a lot of different products out there. We've you know we've tried them all, and and one works in one region, and and maybe it's not so effective in another. Just for the simple fact that the you know the, the the mineral contents from one area is different than another, but you know we just we navigate through that through water sampling and and make sure that we're you know we're 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 keeping the systems as efficient as they possibly can be, and that's a big one. That is the single we we paid a lot of attention to that. So well, it makes sense, right? I mean, if you're on a precision based system, right? Like if you said your faucet starts to have less and less, I can only imagine that would hinder your ability to, you know, appropriately apply water in one way or another, because you think you're putting on X amount, but maybe you're, maybe you're not, and that might throw your whole, your whole system off. So it makes a lot of sense to me that you would, you would do that. And I think when you're talking, again, we now we're back on that topic of, um, of precision based, I, 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 I went away from this, but I want to come maybe circle back to it. Now you were mentioning, you know, when you went with your phrase, you said, um, you know, each patient is different. And I think that's an important thing to really kind of hammer home here is you have the ability, or so it sounds like, to monitor and to develop plans specific for each individual field. And we have, I mean, what, close to 10,000 acres here that, uh, you know, that is under watch and spread across multiple counties. And I would assume here that, you know, one orchard you might have down here in our, down in Artois versus one that may be up here in Calusa different water programs, potentially. I mean, am I wrong about that? Yeah, um, no, no. You're, um, every region has its own unique, has its own unique uh, challenge with respect to, you know, A, we're, we're, what our water supply is, whether we're in a district, whether we're in an, uh, an irrigation district or we are um, solely groundwater reliant, whether that irrigation district even has an allocation for the season and then how much are we going to have to, supplement our surface water usage with with groundwater the one thing that i have tried to do is standardize over the course of our development was standardize what we were doing with respect to the irrigation systems we put in all the fields and since we are very like crop minded with you know i mean we're we've got primarily almonds with a few walnuts i tried to keep all of our Ammon orchards with the exact same irrigation application rates and with the sprinklers. And that's been a transition as we've redeveloped orchards, transitioned them out of impact sprinklers um, into, uh, into micros, and then have tried a couple different versions of micro sprinklers and then just had to pick one and say, hey, listen, I think that this is probably for us, for our needs, you know, the best tool that that I like for how, what our farming style is. And then I standardized it. I made every, every farm since every field that we've developed since has had those, um, we've utilized those, the same sprinkler. And, um, and because I make the irrigation scheduling, uh, personally, it allows me to know what our application rates are and the field staff does not have to guess, oh, well, geez, what, what pressure are we supposed to run in this field? And wow, is that, is that right or wrong? And is, you know, is brand X available to my guys because we need to change some sprinklers and everybody just has a, you know, a, a standardized 
application device. And it's worked out, it's worked out really, really, really well for, uh, for us. Yeah. And I mean, I'm sure it helps with, um, you know, just making sure that you are, again, the coal, put the water as much as needed, where it's needed, when it's needed, um, and able to maintain that, um, with consistency is really all really the name of the game. So you know, let's transition. Uh, you know, I can imagine perhaps nutrient management is an interesting thing. Um, I would only guess that how we've managed, you know, fertilizing our orchards has changed based on the the new sprinkler applications. I mean, you can't just throw the you know, broadcast it down the middle of the rows if the, the water is not reaching there. So how has this adjustment in our irrigation technology changed how we're managing uh, the nutrients for our orchards? Yeah, so the irrigation systems now have become the, not just the, you know, the the the, the sole means for applying water, but now our, our, our whole nutrient, you know, our, our nutrient management, we're able to, order up prescription blends that are specific to the orchard's needs in those areas and be able to apply them. Um, if there's a, you know, deficiency in, in uh, um, some, you know, potassium deficiency or a little bit, you know, we're on the low side of our, with our phosphate levels, we can, you know, we can augment what we're doing in those orchards by, by simply just ordering up a liquid blend that uh, that you know helps offset um, offset the trees you know requirements and so then when the irrigation system is as efficient as as they have become not only is our water usage more efficient but now with us using it to apply our our uh, our nutrients it's even you know it's it's even more important or imperative that we make sure that you know everything is accurate that they are running um, as, you know, as, as efficient as they can be. And it has been a, it has, it has just worked out fantastic. I mean, as a, we know what we're applying, how much we're putting on, and we're able to really, really, um, what's the term I'm looking for? Yeah, it sounds like we're we're taking a similar approach with how we're you know fertilizing and providing nutrients to the orchards. Where, I mean, I, I'm just going to ask us. I mean, have we have we even reduced the amount of fertilizers that we're using because we're now providing that through liquid application through the irrigation systems? Yes, we have cut it by ten or twelve percent. We've cut it by ten or twelve percent for the fact that our irrigation has gotten so efficient that when we do make those fertigation when we have those fertigation events it is delivered right to the trees right to the root zone at the time of the uh, and incorporated with the uh, with the irrigation event and the tree the utilization of those nutrients is is greatly increased you know we still do a dry blend in the springtime um 20% of our total of my of my uh, nutrient budget is is put on in the form of dry fertilizer. For us up here in the North State, when we do have our normal years uh, we, in our rainfall event, I mean, in, in 2017, we had 32 inches of rain. And then we, you know, you, you fast forward four years and, and, and we're, we're at six inches. So um, we'll do a dry blend, dry blend in the spring, and then we'll come back with the balance, the other two thirds 
to three quarters of the uh, the nutrient package uh, uh, for the trees are all are all fertigated, and it allows those. Um, it just allows those trees to be very. Just allows the uh, the whole fertigation or the whole fertility event to be very very, you know, efficient, which has allowed us to 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 actually curtail and cut back on our on our nitrogen applications, which at the end of the day is good for it's good for the environment and it's it's good for us. Yeah. Well, you know, that might be something that we touch on or dive in a little bit more in a, in another, um, you know, sustainability conversation. And, you know, similarly, um, you know, soil health is another one of those topics in compost, right? We, we've touched a little bit that we do that and we uh, put compost onto, onto our orchards. And I'm, you know, I'm just kind of wondering, you know, not, without diving too much into the compost topic, um, have you seen, you know, maybe, uh, since we're talking about water, a, an ability for the ground to hold water or for you to use less water because we're putting compost on, on the orchards. Yeah. And it doesn't happen overnight. That's for sure. I mean, consistency is the best is, is the biggest thing with that. So as you build the health of the soil, there's a lot of, there's a lot of benefits you wind up that we see. We see a lot greater water retention, uh, infiltration rates, and then, you know, just our whole nutrient management, management, the, um, the, the, the overall health with the microbiology that within that soil that, that <clears throat> converts what we're applying into something that's usable for the tree is, is within that root zone is, is absolutely um, beneficial. Well, I think I'm going to interrupt you and I, I know I see your, I see the wheels turn and I know you have more to say, but I mean, I think what, what's really the conversation here is really that sustainability and what we do in the farm, it's integrated in all these different areas, right? And that's kind of what I'm trying to set up. You know, what we do on nutrient application or soil health or compost or even the cover crops, right? You know, we have for, for bees, they have other benefits too, right? And they they seem to be kind of working together to to enhance and to bolster the different sustainability pieces that we're doing across the board. So, you know, sure, or at least maybe what I'm, what I'm getting from you is sure, you know, composting has, has helped us with, with water usage and helping us reduce that. Um, but, you know, it's not the only thing that's happening. It's not the only thing that's reducing the water consumption. Exactly. No, that's exactly right. Yeah. Which is a great place to potentially end this year, right? Cause um, we're going to have additional conversations and we're going to talk about those additional sustainability topics. But um, I think we've covered most of what we wanted to talk about with water. Um, is there anything else you wanted to add? No, I think we're, I think that, no, I think that's it. I think we'll, um, we'll, we'll strike out, you know, down that path. One thing always leads to another. So. Yeah. Well, and we could, we talked about a lot. So, you know, um, again, thank, thank you for your time. I, I really appreciate it. I know Carvis is coming. Um, and you know, that I heard, I heard you say, uh, you know, sh shake the, uh, you know, he's calling them almonds. And my joke is, you know, this time of year, they go from almonds to almonds because you get out there in the orchard and you shake the owl out of them. And uh, old dad joke, I suppose, but uh, it's fun. Thing. And uh, Darren, thanks for uh, thanks for taking the time today. Again, uh, I appreciate your insights. Oh, absolutely. Thank, thank you. Anytime, Alan. Well, if you feel like you're waiting chest deep like I am through all that information, well, you can always come back and re-listen. Uh, so pick up those extra little tidbits uh, that you might have missed. Or better yet, uh, come listen to past podcasts. You can search for Nut News on your favorite streaming services or find our archive on selectharvestusa.com under the News and Resources tabs. And as I've said before, harvest is beginning and I make terrible dad jokes this time of year. And if you wonder why, well, 
it's really not that hard. It's because I'm nuts. Nut news.